Welcome to episode two of Pop Quarantine. My name is Ethan, and this week we are focusing on the way that COVID-19 has affected public libraries. With the influx of technology in recent years, there has been less emphasis on physical books and more on the use of online technology. Library budgets are being cut and were unable to be opened during the pandemic due to the safety measures being put in place. According to the Library Journal, in 2020, 30% of all libraries reported a decrease in income, which contrasts to only 19% the year before. When the quarantine began, so did distance learning and remote work. This led 84% of libraries to move funds away from physical books and periodicals during the pandemic, and focus more on technological advances, such as increasing their Wi-Fi signals or producing more digital media. My team, including myself, Kate Baker, Justin Gallatly, and Leah Bremer, did some research into how libraries were affected due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's Kate with some more information. COVID-19 brought a lot of unknown challenges to college students and teachers and changed the way that we think about education altogether. Zoom became an app everyone needed to succeed. Schools began to rely on technology to keep everyone safe and at home to decrease the spread. But libraries have survived it all. The world's oldest library was founded sometime in the 7th century BC. From the beginning of kept records, libraries have been valuable not only for keeping precious treasures, but also a place of social connection. Now let's turn the page. I sat down and talked with Jackson, a senior at the University of Utah. Having been a student pre and post COVID, he discussed the library's resources as they relate to students. I do think that the library um, is a valuable resource for lots of students, um, but I would say it's more for commuter students, not so much on campus students. They have their own places within their dorms or other places on campus, but for commuter students, I think it's pretty valuable. That being said, I think we could really add something to the library to make it more encompassing for the whole community and make it more central to our campus. With the changes in protocol, students are now allowed to congregate in libraries, which hasn't been an option in the past year, but some people still don't feel completely safe. I spoke with another student, Sarah, who is studying right outside the library doors. I find that when I used to come to the library, I could study and get the majority of my work done, but now I am worried about masks, coming in close contact, and just being inside. I'd rather work outside or just be at home. The focus, both on campus and throughout daily life, has drastically increased when regarding health and safety. People have begun to spend more time off campus than on. This has led to a huge decrease in the amount of traffic in the library and the amount of students who are taking advantage of the resources. But does that mean students aren't using them? Although physical libraries are some of the most magnificent buildings on campuses throughout the country and hold countless treasures, you don't technically need to be inside one to access their resources. I hardly ever physically go to the library anymore because the online resources are just so easily acceptable. Jenna, a student at the U, gave us insight that even before COVID-19, libraries had begun digitizing their materials. But when quarantine began, libraries temporarily shut their doors, but still provided digital books and continued to expand access to digital resources. I asked Jenna what she used these resources for. I use online library resources for all sorts of things, like projects and papers and stuff like that. It just makes my life so much easier. By adapting to the changes in technological advances, libraries have continued to be a necessary aid to students, not only for classes, but also for social connection. I'm Kate Baker, reporting.
Thank you, Kate. We had Leah sit down with Brooke Young, who works at the Salt Lake City Public Library. She's been there for 24 years, and she works at the Glendale branch on the west side of Salt Lake. So what are your what are some of your responsibilities? So are you are a librarian, right? Yep, I'm a librarian, and I'm also I'm the manager of the branch. So I'm in charge of like staffing and making sure that um, that we are reaching the community um, and like taking care of our library partners. Yeah, and um, just all of the day to day stuff that happens in the library as well. So would you consider public libraries an essential resource? I do. I think that it's one of the few places left in society where everybody is welcome. It's one of the only places left where nobody's trying to sell you anything Mm -hmm. and that people can just be, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is a really important thing. Like Mm -hmm. like the space itself, I think, is sacred. Um, In addition to the resources we have, Mm -hmm. both whether they're physical or online, Mm -hmm. Um, the programs we offer, I think, are also... Um, sometimes um, access to resource like thinking about um, like we've done like some vaccine clinics at the library or some coat drives and things like that where I like thinking of our programs and our spaces as also like physical resources that the community needs yeah okay so how closely do you interact with library goers on a Um, day-to-day basis really close yeah yeah really like whether you're Helping them log into computers, helping them make a resume, um, just checking stuff in and out with them. Um, another thing that I think is like a weirdly, a weird thing that I didn't think of um, is that almost all government forms have to be faxed. Um, so we spend a lot of time helping people fax like their food stamps or their WIC information, um, job, job referrals, like everything has to be faxed. Um, so we spend a lot of time with people faxing. Okay. Awesome. I did not know that. So um, when quarantine first kind of started last year, before the vaccination came out, mm-hmm. um, was there ever a point in time where the library closed completely? We did, yeah. Um, we closed for a long time. Uh-huh. We closed um, We closed our spaces, um, and we were not open from March until um, September. Of 2020. Of 2020. Yeah. Um, Starting in July, I think, we started doing, like, um, car service where, like, we would bring things out to people. Um, Like, they could call us and we'd check stuff out and take it out to their car. But we were closed for a really long time. And you guys still, you guys still... um, require masks, I noticed, so that's, uh-huh. that's good as well. I like that. Um, so, and then over the course of the pandemic, did you notice any changes in the volume of people? I know, obviously, when you're closed completely. Yeah. But, yeah. You really opened. Yeah, I would say that, um, at least at Glendale, we're probably mm-hmm. still at maybe, like, we're seeing about 50% of the people that we did before the pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the people that we are seeing sort of has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Glendale is within walking distance of seven schools. Yeah. So we have like a really, like, so we're usually pretty quiet. And then after school happens and there's like just this insane rush of like usually like a hundred kids that yeah. show up. Yeah. And we're definitely, we're not getting as many kids. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there is like a there's more um, people who are homeless, people who are without homes, people who are living in um, RVs and campers and need um, need a different kind of resources than the kids did that we are used to. So we're sort of having to to change and pivot yeah. what we're offering like on the fly. Yeah. And um, so how has the pandemic impacted your job specifically? Yeah, so we're probably, um, we're mostly open, mm -hmm. but I would say that we're probably like, there are a few things that we're still not doing. Like mm -hmm. um, none of the branches are open on Sundays mm -hmm. um, and we're not doing programming mm -hmm. and we're not letting our meeting rooms be used. Mm -hmm. um, so that has sort of changed things. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to figure out how we can pour all of that creative energy into like more traditional library services um, mm -hmm. and uh, reaching people that haven't been using us or still don't feel comfortable using us mm -hmm. is definitely uh, a thing that we're still thinking about and trying to figure out. Was there um, ever a point in time when you were kind of concerned about the overwhelm or about the overall welfare of your job, or have your colleagues expressed any concern? I think um, I think the library's been really like the library administration has mm -hmm. been really good about um, making us all feel like our jobs were secure, mm -hmm. and we didn't we haven't really had any funding fallouts or um, problems with funding, so. I don't think anybody was concerned about their job, mm -hmm. but I think there is still like a pretty high level of anxiety mm -hmm. about having the public in the building mm -hmm. and about working with the public during a pandemic, for yeah. sure. So I think people's anxiety is over their health, mm -hmm. for sure, rather than their job. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's all I have um, in terms of questions for you. Uh -huh. Is there anything that you feel that we should bring up in our episode that is especially important about libraries as public resources or anything like that? Yeah, I would say that um, we pivoted a lot of our programming to being online, uh -huh. which was really good in some ways and really hard in other ways. I think um, our community in Glendale yeah. did not find our programming online. Uh -huh. But other programming worked really well. Like we did some teen programming um, mm -hmm. that was via Zoom, and we got people um, from like all over the state, like kids all over the state who like didn't feel supported mm -hmm. um, by their communities. Found our programming, like especially our um, LGBTQ programming, yeah. um, that has seemed to work really well, mm -hmm. um, and is something that we're trying to figure out. Like, how do we? When we do bring back in-person programming, how do we keep the stuff that was working really well mm. and still have space and energy and time to do the in-person programming? Yeah. Um, was another thing. Um, our like online resources mm -hmm. and like it was a really good opportunity to think about like um, our website being another location, like um, the use of our our um, books and magazines mm -hmm. on our website, like shot. Through while yeah. we were closed, which was good. And um, another thing that was heartening and sort of surprising was mm -hmm. that the thing that people missed most, mm -hmm. at least when they were talking about us on social media, was mm -hmm. like coming to the library yeah. and getting books. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we spend so much time thinking, like, how can we be 
all the things that we kind of forget that like our core thing is having people come to the library and Mm -hmm. like discover things that they hadn't discovered before and browsing like that's that's something that I think sometimes we forget how important it is to people. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Brooke for sharing her insights on the changes in library protocol due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We would also like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of Pop Quarantine. Look for our episode next time regarding producing films in Utah. And with that, I'm Ethan Pierce, this is Pop Quarantine, and we will see you next time.